so mad about I'm so mad about UK's loss. Oh, are we going to talk about that? Absolutely. Oh, good. Yeah. Absolutely. <sighs> good, because I, as you know, of course, as I said yeah. in the thing, I can't watch. So. Yeah. Well, as you'll see, yeah, I like. Uh, so the so so that was Matthew, and this is Eric. Um. Yeah, I actually thought about not watching the second half. I was so mad. Um, and so I thought about you and your mom and Go Heath and thought about just passing on the whole second half. But no, I ended up, I ended up watching uh, pretty much the whole thing. Um, I missed the end because uh, Rachel had just gotten back from being away all weekend. And uh, so I missed the tail end of the game. But it was just so maddening. So you're the reason they lost? Is that what you're saying? Yeah, apparently. Because you had, you had brought them back and gotten a lead. Yeah. And then you walked away? Is that what yeah. you're saying? So it's your Yeah, <laughs> it's your yeah I guess so. <laughs> well, okay, I got a question for you. Okay. Yeah. So you root, oddly enough, and this was not planned by us as kids, but you root for the same three teams that I talked about, right? Yeah. The, the A's. Yeah. The Dolphins and the Cats. Yeah, so you right. experienced those same three losses I talked about. Yeah. Um, but, but obviously you haven't stopped watching any of yeah. these teams. Yeah. So why why do you what's the difference you think? Why do you think well, some people react the way they do and other people react the way I they mean, do? I mean, look at look at how often I hung in there with girlfriends who were you know dumped <laughs> me. <laughs> <laughs> I have a pretty you high threshold. You can't take the hint? Is that what you're saying? I, no, I think that I think I could you know, I can take a punch, man. Oh, okay. <laughs> no, I go the other way on that. No, I think mean, you know, I can stand in there. <laughs> yeah, I was talking to go eat and, and I said, Well why even watch? Like why are you even yeah. watch if you're this angry? Yeah. Because um, he called me at the half and was like, Ah, oh, this is crazy, they just you know and I said, Well, well, he was exactly right. He was exactly right. I mean, they were trying. This is this is actually the point that I'm typing right now. I'm going to pause here, and hopefully it doesn't go away. But they, I mean, they, um, the the foul calls in the first half just put UK in such an odd fix and how they had to play these curious combinations that had literally never played together all season. And... Uh, it was remarkable that they were still in the game, given that. I mean, the guys who did have to come in and play more, um, you know, they did really well, and they figured it out on the fly. And, um, you know, to those who want to say that about Cal Perry not being a good enough game coach, that sort of thing, I would say that he had every one of his players still, you know, at the end of the game. I mean, he his dad said, well, he's not a good coach because he had Fox on the bench too much, and he had Monk on the bench too much. They were going to get fouled out. I mean, I think that's, they, yeah. that's what I said. It's a little weren't they in foul trouble? You want your best. I mean, I I'm not a basketball coach, but the ones that that I've talked to said, you know, the whole goal is is you nurse those so that you make sure. You, first of all, you you know, you just try. You want to have your best players available at the end of the game of a close game, whatever you do. That's all you're trying to manage when it comes to foul trouble. And he he did that. Um, but, you know, the guys who he played, Hawkins and Humphreys um, in particular, and I would say even Mulder, although he missed his shots, uh, which was unusual. Uh, but these, these reserves, I mean, they, they played so well, I thought, 
even Mulder even missing his shots, the fact that he was shooting them, it 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 changed the way. Even the mess was was effective in some ways. It changed the way that North Carolina had to guard him. Sure. And because he is such a good shooter, and his willingness to shoot even through misses was forced their defense to do things. And um, you know, the ironic thing is, I really do think. I think I think North Carolina might have won by a greater margin had that officiating not happened. I mean, I think that had Monk and Fox and Adebayo been able to play their normal minutes, or Cal Perry chosen to play them their normal minutes, I think UNC might have won by more because I don't think those guys. I think Fox and and Monk were just they just were not as sharp. I mean, they were. I don't. I doubt they were physically tired. You know, everybody talks about, well, these are young guys and they can play, but I do think that these guys get emotionally worn out. Yeah, they were and definitely I, up for the UCLA game. They had to doubt. be. I mean, Lonzo Ball, that UCLA team is fantastic, sure. and they just played brilliantly. I mean, just brilliantly. Those two were amazing. Now, some people might make the argument that a guy like Fox and Monk, both, it's Let's say Fox, for instance, his shooting was pretty bad in this game. But you could you could also make the argument that so yeah, but he his minutes were so spotty. Yeah. He got he never got a chance in the first half to find his groove, and so he comes into the second half essentially completely cold. In the right? first five minutes of the game, in the first five minutes of the game, watching those guys, I was like, oh, I think UNC's going to win by about fifteen points when they when they first came out. Right. Um, and I thought Adebayo was on the verge of, of just absolutely freaking himself out. He, he, he really, he missed so many short shots and he was, he was double, double teamed and triple teamed so frequently. I mean, teams really just made a decision in this tournament to try to take him out of things and see if these two guards could win. Right. It seemed like to me. And and he was really frustrated. And I think had he not had that, I think that he ended up playing quite a good second half, but I think he needed that break of sitting on the side and watching. And, um, and we got good minutes out of, you know, key shots and, and good minutes out of Monk and Fox down the stretch. I, I think had they played that whole game, I really do. I think that, I mean, North Carolina's really good. They are really good. And um, yeah, they're a great team. They're, they've essentially got the whole team from last year, right? Back. Yeah, I mean, yeah. so. So I suspect they'll win, um, but it's just, it's just. I mean, the NCAA tournament, NCAA. I swear. Well, oh, I, I think the God. bigger question is, why is UNC even competing? Exactly. Exactly. Like, will somebody please answer that question for me? I, I love the argument now that's starting to come out. I, you know, this is all coming out, obviously, ahead of them making a ruling. But uh -huh. what you're starting to hear, and I've heard Pat Forty talk about this on Kornheiser, and I've read this as well, is that the NCAA is essentially going to make the argument that, well, this was an academic violation, and so this has no effect you know, athletics had nothing to do with this, and therefore there's no punishment, right? <laughs> and 40 has as much as said on court. I said, this is a joke. Yeah. Right? I mean. Oh, it has, it has, I didn't yeah, know he had. No, he said, like, this is a joke. I mean, he's talked about this on Kornheiser in the past and said, this is ridiculous. Like, they, yeah, they have to, they have to do something. Yeah, and, yeah, and the fact that they're not making a decision is just ridiculous. Well, and they will have gone to two final fours before. Um, yeah, 
before the NCAA makes decision on whether to punish, which is just it's just silly. That's crazy. It's silly, and it yeah. So then I just decided. So I actually I actually did watch and took notes. So like I, I nearly just bailed on the whole second half of that game. Just so mad. And then I decided, no, you know, he's not writing about these games anymore. I'm going to go in and I'm going to take notes. And I'm going to write a true game story, you know? Right. And so I started doing that. But then by the time it was over, like how I saw it play out, then I was so mad again, I just decided to stage the fake UKIT opposite of it. Right. <laughs> just pretend. That... I figured that was your answer to the game. Yeah. Exactly. Ugh. So mad. Man. Yeah, I just... I. This is why I can't do it. I just can't. It's just so stupid that I care. You know, oh, it's sports. What a general, bunch right? I've got a neighbor. I got. I got a church. This guy lives down the street, and he he's he's the same way as you guys. He's about fifty. He's probably sixty years old, and and he, you know, he's one of these guys. He's like he's like the classic Hopkins County success story. You know, he was. Uh, a uh, kid of like no means who has made a good living for himself from the mines and that sort of thing, and a huge sports fan. Is actually apparently quite a good basketball player, um, and uh, himself in high school, and then went to the mines and made himself a good living and all that kind of stuff. And uh, he was a huge sports fan, but now he like does like acts of service during UK games. He just can't watch. So he like sure. distracts himself by like, and they're not like, you know, he doesn't publicize it at all. And he doesn't, you know, he doesn't wear it on his shoulder, but I've noticed that that's what he does. And so for example, like he goes over and cuts somebody's, you know, like he finds the widow who needs her yard cut. And that's what he does during the UK games. He used to go to the masters every year and, you know, um, you know, he quit doing that. He's just, he, he, forces himself not to pay attention to sports. He finds himself, you know, distracted by more meaningful things. And that's a pretty good response. So, that's funny so. to me. I just wander around looking at my phone every so often to see what it's <laughs> uh, <laughs> Oh, well. So that brings us around to the tournament, of course. That's what we've been yep. talking about. And sad to say, this has been a bad year for me. My my, my models have just been killed. Models, yeah. not method, model, right? I, yeah, I'm calling them models for some whatever reason. Models, but oh, they've just good. Been, they've just been killed in this tournament. So I'm not sure why. But oddly enough, Model 3, which has been in last place the whole time, has the has the long shot to win. If Oregon if Oregon pulls it out, they, they'll win. So They can win. Anybody can win. They can do it. Model three. Well nobody expected Oregon to beat Kansas, that's for sure. <laughs> I mean Maybe maybe on Monday night, maybe I'll just start sending out go model three tweets. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, think about it though. Like Kansas Everybody was talking about, oh man, this Kansas team, like you know, they're yeah. the, these guards they've got, and the, yeah. and the, like they're just dominant, and they were, they were killing people. Yeah, you know, and right. I think, yeah, it's crazy to me that they lost the way they lost. They were just beaten. They were easily beaten by Oregon. Yeah, no, yeah, but Bill Self's a great coach, and Cal Perry's horrible. What'd you say? That's a, but Bill Self's a great coach, and Cal Perry's just roll the balls out and let the guys go. 
You know, everybody. No, no, right. the Kansas fan. The Kansas fans are saying fire him. Oh, and they turned on Bill Self. Oh yeah, there's a ton of fans out there saying get rid of him. He can't coach. It's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. These teams are always good. I know. I mean, seriously. Uh, well, it's like how the, the notion. Yeah. The notion that like, you know, good luck. I mean, if you th- honestly, Indiana fans should have a conversation. With these people. <laughs> I mean, if you lose your hold on that, you know. If you get out of the get out of the habit of going to the Final Four, that's it. Your recruiting advantage is over. You know all that kind of stuff. It takes forever to come back. Yeah, I know. Reputation's everything. Yeah. And the thing is, these kids that you're recruiting, Georgetown, exactly. Or even if you're talking about Indiana, the kids that you're recruiting today, they don't know of Indiana as anything. Of course. Because Indiana has been nothing for so long, unless you grow up in Indiana. But if you're these kids from all over the country that they're trying to compete to get, they don't know you from anything. If you get a coach who's getting you to a Final Four like once every six years, you better keep that person. Exactly. I mean, honestly, you better. I'm with you, Eric. On that. Yeah. Gives you a chance. But, no. No, <sighs> ah, it's so frustrating. <laughs> That's so stupid. <laughs> <laughs> well, South Carolina's in there to represent the SEC. So. Oh, yeah. And a bunch of crooks, too. I hate the SEC. <laughs> <laughs> I hate the SEC. All they do is rip off their own, you know, the basketball league. Uh, yeah. uh. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the only reason I, I did find myself, like, rooting for, for South Carolina and Florida to advance in the real elite eight only because... Just to, it's just because I hate the NCAA more than I hate the SEC. Right. Only slightly so. So, anyway, nah, I don't know. So, did you decide how to seed your um, your tournament? Oh, I'm, using your, I'm using your suggestion. I'm doing the... Uh, so, it's all blind draw. Yeah, it's all blind draw. But, but yeah, I'll get into the... What's the guy's name? Sagan. Sagan. I don't know how it's pronounced, but yeah. I couldn't see. I couldn't see that. What I'd like to do is find. Of course, it shouldn't make that much difference, and who cares? It's a freaking tournament. <laughs> <laughs> but of course, I'm I'm trying, doing my best to find the the his ratings before the conference tournaments. You know, that would seem like that would be the ones he would want. But, oh yeah, that's true. I had thought no. about that. I've got that data if you want it. Oh, that'd be great. Yeah, that'd be great. I, could, <laughs> I think I've got it as. No, I don't. You know what? I entered it in, and I didn't do all the ratings. So, but um, I don't know what they ranked. I don't know the rankings. So, never mind. Yeah. All right. Sorry about that. Now it's quite all right. So yeah, I'll do my <laughs> tournament this weekend. Anyway. Uh, <clears throat> so you posted. Uh, so to complete, I, I was going to ask you about this. I thought you made a very uh, interesting point in your uh, music review post about. Um, country Western, and uh, I guess it's not even Country Western anymore. It's, it's not 1982. <laughs> country and R&B artists. Well, I've talked about this a lot, right? Like, you, I complain about this, especially with R&B artists all the time, where it's like, you're, okay, you're, uh, what is that woman's name? Jennifer Hudson. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Jennifer Hudson is, is a brilliant singer. She's an amazing vocalist. She can sing pop. She could sing whatever the heck you want. She can sing it. Um, but whenever she puts out an album, 
it's literally like, okay, we want, we've got 10 different producers we want you to work with. They're going to each produce a single for you. Yeah. You know, we'll pick certain singles to release. We'll bundle them all together into an album, and you'll have this great album, right? Now, you compare that to, say, um, this will sound weird maybe to make this jump, but you compare that to, say, Elton John yeah. in the 70s, right? right? So if Elton John in the 70s, he was a music writer, but he wasn't a lyrics writer. Yeah. So, you know, there could have been a deal where somebody, uh, you know, where the studio said to him, well, okay, Linda Ronstadt, she would be a good example. So mm-hmm. Linda Ronstadt would be going to the same guys in the 70s probably, right? Yeah. But what they would do back then is they would try to partner you up with, here's your producer, here's your writers, right? And we're yeah. going to focus this album around you, and we'll try to make it kind of a, an album. Although Linda Ronstadt tends to be just a collection of singles as well. But I guess what I'm trying to get at all the time is, why can't we take Jennifer Hudson and make her Elton John? Yeah. Why right. can't we partner her with, like, Here's your writers, here's yeah. your producer, period. Yeah. You guys sit down in a room and produce a great album, a great yeah. R&B album. Right. Um, it has a consistent, uh, some kind yeah, of... It's consistent, consistent it has a the whole album. Sure. sure. And you just don't see it that often. I think with, right. with, with this Ray Lynn, I mean, at least with her, it looks like she's writing most of her music. Yeah, and that's the first huge step, right? Is if you're writing Ashley Monroe, she writes a lot of her stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but in both cases, those two artists teamed up with one producer, mm-hmm. one group of writers. You know, that's mm-hmm. how they did all their stuff. And I just think it makes for a better album. Yeah, I'm, uh, the R and B stuff's driving me nuts anymore. It's like, why can't <laughs> unless unless they're writing their own stuff, you do not see an R and B artist sit down with like one writer, one producer, yeah. and put out an album like that. And that would be great, like, with... Um, <coughs> excuse me. That would be great, because I think about albums like... Uh, I got so excited last year having discovered that um, that Watertown album by Frank Sinatra. Right. And, um, like, that whole album is about a... Uh, it's a guy... Probably, it's, it's not... It's never explicit, but probably going through divorce. And um, uh, the, I, it, it's not just that the songs connect. It's that his, I mean, in a, in a weird way, it's like he's acting. He's acting all the way through that album. Sure, and he's, sure. like, inhibiting this character. And so, like, it's not like he always, it's not like he sings each song the same way, you know. It's like you get this, like, um like, you know, very human, inconsistent emotions um, across the album, but it's all very believable. And, like, you know, these really talented singers, really talented vocalists, like what you're talking about, um, you know, they can do things like that. Um, yeah, oh, yeah. But if you're basically making ten singles to appeal to, each to appeal to a different niche of audience... You're not going to be able to do it. Yeah. Right. I see what you're saying. Yeah, I thought that was really interesting. And you have written about that before, but I guess I've never paid attention until now. <laughs> well, to me, that's what made Beautifully Human, that Jill Scott album. Yes, that's the so perfect. So good. I mean, oh, that album is from 
start to finish is just perfectly it's put together. It's a great album. Uh, and, and yeah, that's the thing. Like you take somebody like Jennifer Hudson, she's such an amazing talent. Oh yeah. Like, oh, um, trying to think of that one. There's one artist in particular. I've never been a big fan of her stuff. I can't think of her name off the top of my head for some reason. Um, she's. Uh, <laughs> I don't know if you can hear that or not. She's a writer, producer, um, or a writer, singer. I, I'm just rambling now. R&B person. Yeah, she wrote a couple of singles on one of the Jennifer Hudson albums, and I thought, why not just team her up with her? You know, have her write a whole album for Jennifer Hudson. Have Jennifer Hudson sing it. Like, um, you know, she's a great singer. She's a great songwriter. I just don't care that much for her as a performer. Yeah, but if you match her with somebody like Jennifer Hudson, like together, I think they can make an amazing album. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. But I don't know. It's wishful thinking because it's never going to happen. But. Well, I guess it's just you know, I don't know. It does seem like maybe, maybe it's. I mean, maybe there are aspects of R and B and country music that that goes on where you do kind of have these. Uh, you know, single set albums that all come together. It seems like that's true in sort of like alternative music still that, you know, people try to to do a complete album. I don't know. No, there's still, I think there's still a lot of people who are trying to do that. And, there, and yeah. there's a lot of country artists who do that too. I think Miranda Lambert, she tries to do that. I think, um, and I think the Ray Lynn album, yeah, really, the only complaint I would have about it is it's a first album, and it feels like a first album. You know, it's, mm -hmm. she's playing with some different sounds, and mm -hmm. she's, the the songs don't feel that cohesive, but, the, but they do have a single voice. They do kind of have her voice, which is good. Yeah. And, you know, if, if you get a few more songs as good as, um, uh, uh, that song that's that's her single off the album, Love Triangle, that mm -hmm. I think, you know, I think Alicia Keys is who I was trying to think of. Oh, yeah, right. I'm not a big Alicia Keys fan, but she yeah. writes good music, and I think, you know, partner her with Jennifer Hudson, I think you've got something, but... Yeah, I would think. I don't know. What you, do love I know? The, you love the music. I do, I love music. music I know, great. you always have. <laughs> You always have. I always remember that, like, there was a time when um, you were always going over to Cut Corner Records, and you would literally not buy something if you had ever heard of it. Like, you you were only buying stuff. There was a, I mean, maybe it only lasted for a week, but I remember I came to visit you at UK one time. Yeah, we that's, go how you, that's how you find people like the Waterman. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. And you were only buying stuff. And of course, at that time, you know, you're you're paying like eleven, you know, probably eight dollars for an album, and you didn't have any money. I couldn't believe that. I was just like, wow, God, what uh, I wasted all my money on albums. <laughs> literally, yeah. Literally. yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Don't tell mom and dad that. Hopefully, they won't start listening to the podcast. Uh, oh no. <laughs> Oh my God! Well, Kevin and I, we get our paychecks. 
Yeah. We would cash them <laughs> and we would go to Cut Corner. Yeah. You know, we would buy. I we we'd buy a stack of albums each. You know. You would get. I mean, I I like music too, and I listen to music quite a bit. But I was never been quite as big a fan as what you are. But I remember you would send mixtapes, <clears throat> and it was. It was not like, I mean, there wasn't one act that I had ever heard of. And I was listening, I mean, I listened to music all the time. You were in college. Including, and I listened to college music. It wasn't like I was just listening to, you know, Top 40 radio or things like that. But I, I've still got a mixtape out in my garage right now <laughs> to where that you had sent me, and it was like the Railway Children. And uh, uh, I think that was, was <laughs> the first introduction to uh, the Watermelon Men. And uh, I really got into the Watermelon Men for a little bit. I really They're liked great. That. Their first two albums were fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> and I was just like, I cannot believe, like, where do you find these people? And even, even now, you know, and I know it's streaming, but even now, like, Go Heath and I would, would talk about that a lot. It's like, we've never heard of these people you do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I haven't you? Yeah. But that's how you discover bands like yeah, our, our songs. Sometimes it's just songs. Like yeah. uh, Junior Gone Wild. There was a band called Junior Gone Wild. <laughs> and they had a band called Heather on a Bad Day. Yeah. I love that song. That was just yeah. such a great song. To me, that song represented, oh God, what year would that have been? Like 1988, probably oh. better than anything else that year that or some song off of the cures kiss me kiss me kiss me album but well i'll tell you the the one that um i don't know are uh Tegan and sarah are they a big deal are they like you know Eric, i i don't i mean i don't know anything about them um, see i'm i'm hooked on that song boyfriend that's a there. great song it's a great song it's a terrific video and um and I'm hooked on that thing right now. And of course, I would have never heard them had it not Did you been. go back and listen to any of their older stuff? No. It, it's, 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 you should. It's interesting. Okay. It's because it's just folk. Mm -hmm. It's it's pretty much singer-songwriter folk stuff. Yeah. Um, so I, for me, I discovered them at the right time because I would have cared for that stuff. Although, right. On the Heath Post, I had reviewed their, I had reviewed them before. Oh, really? And I didn't even remember it. Yeah. Um, I like uh, maybe a live album or something. Mm -hmm. I can't remember. Mm. But yeah, you wouldn't have been interested in the folk music. You yeah. like the pop, but that song "Boyfriend" is terrific. I mean, it's, well, it's great because I I wrote perfect. so in 2013 I had an album called "Get Along," mm -hmm. and I wrote that review saying I came into this album knowing nothing about Tegan and Sarah, and of course I'm pretty sure I said the same thing about the other album. <laughs> yeah, I said this group has been around for a while, but they're new to me. That's what uh, I said about their new. Album. I, that's that's my favorite Heath Post experience is when I go back I like. I type something and I think, wait a second, I think I've written that before. And I go like three years before or six years before, and I, I can I can actually find like where I said the same phrase, like at the same point. I repeat the same things through each one of the golf majors every time. Sure. Well, that's the whole point. You, you, <laughs> that way you can always say, you know, I had it all along. Had it all along. <laughs> so, so don't get into any specifics, but I'm so glad to hear that you're uh, that you uh, uh, talked to Go Heath. How's he doing? Is he okay? Is he doing all right? 
Yeah, he's doing good. He's good. doing good, except for the cats, of course. Yeah. Um, yeah. And his anger over that. And that was fun. I was talking to Dad yesterday, and, um, you know, he was talking about, you know, so I talked to Goheath, and, of course, Goheath is angry at the officials, and I talked to Dad, who's the other person I know that will, besides you and Goheath, who will suffer through these games. And Dad's <laughs> saying, well, you know, it's just Cal probably just can't coach. No, for Pete's sake. <laughs> <laughs> I got to go see your dad soon. Well, the funny thing <laughs> is your dad later on was saying, he was talking about some of these bench players and how well they played, and he said, yeah. well, I didn't even that guy could dribble down the court. <laughs> and I said, well, see, this points to the Calipari as a coach, right? Yeah. That's what I think. Obviously, he makes these guys better. Yeah. Oh, yeah. But, I don't know. <laughs> there's this whole, I, you know, this is something, you know, there's all these statistics out there to mm-hmm. study everything. And I wonder if anybody's tried to do a statistical analysis of game coaching. Yeah. Like, is there, how would you analyze it, and is yeah. there really such a thing? Right. Like, can you really say, yeah, Mike Krzyzewski's a great game coach, Yeah. and John Calipari is not a great game coach? Right. I mean, what was Shelby Hall? What was Shelby yeah. Hall? Yeah, exactly. Shelby Hall literally won a championship with a bunch of guys. Yeah. And, and he beat um, Bobby Knight in what year? What, I'm blanking on the year. Was it 74? Yeah, he beat Bobby in Which is supposed to be the greatest team ever. Right? So that's right. The 1978, um, that 1978 team, didn't they beat Magic Johnson? I think so. I think they did. Oh, shoot. Oh, I'm not going to get this. <laughs> but yeah, I think they beat Magic Johnson on the way to that championship. And of course, I thought all those guys, I thought. You know, those five guys, they were going to be the greatest five players in the NBA in a few years, you know. Sure. Jack Gibbons was, I mean, Jack Gibbons was absolutely destined for Michael Jordan's career in my head, you know. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, it turned out none of them did much of anything in the NBA. And your guy, Truman Klinger, he barely played in the NBA. Yeah, they beat, um, they beat Michigan State. Yeah. So Magic was a freshman on that team. Well, whatever. They beat whoever was there. That was a great team. Western got beat by Michigan State in that tournament. Oh, really? Interesting. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So Western, Western, Western beat Syracuse. Yeah. And then they lost to Michigan State. So in my little 1971 world right now, we're at a very interesting time because um, – What's going on there is, is that right now, like, Joe, Joe Hall's in charge of the U.K. team, but he's still an assistant. Adolph Rupp's in the hospital a lot because of his diabetic foot issue, okay? Oh, okay, sure. That's what's going on at U.K. Um, Fordham has been really good with their coach, Digger Phelps, um, this past season. I think they're, yeah, they're in the final 16 of the NCAA tournament. I have a flipped the calendar date since past March 13th of 1971 so far. But anyway, I think they're in the 16th of the NCAA tournament. Uh, Indiana has, their coaching job is now open after the season. And Louisville's coach, John Dromo, I think it's his name, he 
I think he's about to leave or has already left because of health problems. And so, you know, and Denny Crum's an assistant to John Wooden out of UCLA. So this is a very, it's a huge time. And, and Western, Western's headed to the Final Four with Johnny Oldham, and he's going to, um, he's going to resign pretty soon too. So all these teams are like right here, I, IU, U of L, UK, Western, they're all in total flux. Huge about to be. Time. Yeah, right. yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's funny to think about that time periods. What's going to happen over the next, you know, so many years? Yeah, yeah, and and the um, I think this is true. This is probably something I have to correct at the comments of the podcast post. But um, I think Army, coached by Bob Knight, has just beaten Navy in basketball for the first time in X number of years. Oh, okay. I think that's true. I think that was like a big deal in the Army Navy framework. It's so. funny because, you know, when I think about Joe B, of course, I always think about, <laughs> I always think about all the jokes about poor Joe B. Oh yeah. But, um, yeah, the one game I always think about with Joe B is, uh, it was they were playing Auburn. It was just a regular season game. They were playing <laughs> Auburn, if, and Barkley was just. Killing like Barkley just killed them. Yeah, you know, yeah. like he could not. They they just could not handle Charles Barkley. Nobody could, but I he mean, was he was still, just. I mean, he was just such a unique. He force. was just killing them, and every game they had played him. So <laughs> at the start of the game, Charles Hurt started the game. I think at the time he wasn't starting; he was coming off the bench. But in that particular game, he started. Yeah. And he literally comes down the court and just knocks Barkley <laughs> off the court. I mean, he just nails him. And, of course, Barkley comes up swinging yeah. and gets ejected from the game. And I'm like, yeah, that's the most brilliant, that's the most brilliant thing ever. Just get him out of the game, you know. <laughs> I love Charles Hurt so much. <laughs> Hurt and Horde. Hurt and Horde. I love both those guys. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we used to uh, we used to talk at halftime of all those games. I remember talking on the phone. Well, you know what's funny, Eric? Is I I watched they had um, ESPN. Yeah, they were doing all those series of videos, and they did one about. Um, uh, uh, David Bo, uh, David Bowie, uh, Sam Bowie, Sam Bowie. Yeah, and uh, you know, I, I had forgotten. I'll be honest with you, I had forgotten what he was like as a freshman. Oh yeah, you know, yeah. Because yeah, all you footage, think about is the injuries. Right, seeing that footage again and seeing what he was like, yeah. and you know, I think people forget what he was like. I mean, he was unbelievable, yeah. you know. It's really sad. I mean, if he could have just stayed healthy, yeah. if Andy, if Crooked Vanderbilt hadn't taken him out the way they did. Is that how it happened? Yeah, some bandy guy undercut him while he was in the air. See, you got to hate the SEC. I know. What about the best thing on that show about about Bowie though is um, when he was in. So he had, he had made it 
you know, back to the NBA finally and was finally healthy. You know, he played like a 10-year career. Oh, yeah, he's a very good um, he, he was playing in a game, and he was going up against, I guess it was Elijah Wan. Mm-hmm. Would that be right? Was it Akeem? Elijah Wan was the same draft class. Yeah, yeah so I guess it was Elijah Wan. And, and it was Elijah Wan, Bowie, Jordan. And Bowie really wanted to, um, you know, just for that one game, I guess he just felt the need to sort of prove himself to himself. Yeah. And uh, he was still, to, you know, in the, in, the, in the film, he's talking about just how happy he was to be able to go in there and just completely dominate Elijah Wan for a game. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, to him, that was really important. Yeah. yeah. And I thought, yeah, that makes sense. I can yeah, see that's that. That's very good. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Well. Oh, well, I guess our time's up. That's it. That was a quick podcast. Yeah, I know. It did go fast. I got all nervous yesterday since Rachel talked about, I need to start listening to your podcast. And I thought, oh no, it'll make me so nervous if I know somebody else. (laughs) (laughs) That's true. Um, Any thoughts on what kind of music we should have playing us out today? Oh. If you, if you, I tell you what, if you have an idea, text me because I have nothing. So if you have, if something, if something hits you, text me. Um, is there anything is there anything you're thinking about writing about this week? Because so, going, I mean, sports wise, there's yeah, nothing right now. Yeah. So yeah, I want to get back into the. Um, I was so pleased to see that post come up today. I don't know if you looked at the the most recent post is a is something I had set up months ago. Uh, some TV news report from Chicago. Um, oh, the from the state. 1971, yeah. Right. So, anyway, I need to get back into all that um, and refresh uh, the uh, what's going on with the NCAA tournament. And, um, anyway, so I'm, yeah, for me, I'm going to get into some of that stuff. But, um, yeah, and then I've got my UK IT. is over, yeah. so. Oh, that's yeah. right. you got the UK IT. Yeah. Do you think you'll actually play it? Yes, I do. I do. Yeah. That, that, what is sports? It's such an easy interface. I mean, it, you yeah, can whip yeah. through. You can really whip. I mean, if all you're wanting is results, right. you can whip a uh, 60-14 tournament in 15 minutes. Yeah. Correct. No, it's, it's a great site. It's a great site. I'm glad yeah, they It really is. That's a lot. I was worried. Yeah, they, just, they existed before they got bought by Fox. Mm-hmm. And I was worried when Fox bought them that they would do something goofy with them. Or, yeah. But they've pretty much... Kept them as is. They haven't really messed with the site, it doesn't seem like. I wish that, uh, you know, I, I do wish that, that of course, I wish that they would go back and, like, you know, create this, create the statistics to be able to play, you know, past seasons, much much older seasons of, of different, different leagues. That would be a lot of fun. I would be curious to know, now that is one thing, I would be curious to know what What If Sports, when they got bought, I would be curious to know, like, when Fox bought them, did they just dump all the people that had created it, or did they keep them? Are they still letting they have business unit? Exactly. Yeah, you know, the people that created it, I'm sure, you know, whoever created it initially thought, oh, yeah, we'll have every team ever yeah. in every sport and the history of everything, and you'll be able to go back and play any, you know. Right. Um, obviously, you know, I'm sure Fox Sports will look at that and say, why? You know, yeah. Why would we do that? Right. But, um, yeah, I'm always curious about that kind of stuff, what goes on behind the scenes. Yeah. Like, 
but man, we should devote a whole podcast episode sometime to the uh, front page sports heartbreak. I, I the one that gets me is jump the shark. Yeah, and jump the shark too. I come on. Yeah, it's you ridiculous. know, like television without pity is another one. Oh, is that not around anymore? I don't think so. I thought it. I thought. I thought it suffered the same fate. Maybe I'm wrong about that one. I uh, probably did. I think you did. It's so yeah, sad. it is sad. Oh the well, internet. It'll all be, the internet in heaven would be great, wouldn't it? Event <laughs> 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 of sports in heaven. It's going to be fantastic. Well, not play. only would you be able to send the games, you could actually sit back and watch them play. Like they Absolutely. Would, you'd, you'd have like a grainy black and white sure. of like the 1911 game that you chose to match up. Yeah. And you could go out, and you could go out to like Jerry's after the <laughs> 1971 Final Four game and have like chicken fried steak at a Jerry's in Bowling Green in 1971. Yeah. Oh, man. I so that was like Jerry. What's like? It's like going to Jerry's on a Sunday afternoon. <laughs> Sambo's. Yeah. Uh, maybe the podcast should end before that, but oh, yeah. I think we can mention the existence of the restaurant. Yeah, we Dad and I always have this. We just had this conversation recently about the time we went there and the service was so bad. It was just so awful. We were like, yeah, this place is done. <laughs> well, the... I'm so, I'm, the only thing that surprises me about that is, that, is that, that that's not like part of every conversation you have with your dad. It's the conversation about that restaurant. <laughs> either, either that, it's either that or the Ruby Tuesday's coleslaw. Right, the coleslaw from Ruby Tuesday's. <laughs> That's the an infamous story in my family, you know. Sure. Like, Mabel knows that one. Yeah, so. yeah. Well, there's members of my family that know that story. There you go. Just because I've told it so often. It's like, a good and story. I, yeah, it is a good story. Well, maybe they will have a whole podcast on that one. We're going to get that on as a guest. Oh, that'd be great, wouldn't it? <laughs> <laughs> That would be funny. Oh, man. Oh, yeah. Uh, All right. All right. I'll talk to you later. Goodbye. All right. Bye.